Welcome back, everybody. It's the Crowd Noise Podcast. My name is Stephen Martinez on a Thursday, November 8th in the year 2018. Glad to have you back. It's been a long week. It felt like a really long week from last Thursday uh, to today. For whatever reason, it just felt like it felt like the longest time in between podcasts. But we are back. Um, had some great games over the week. Uh, college football, obviously. Did you watch Duke? I mean, oh my God, they were fantastic. I, oh, I can't get enough of them. I did a whole segment about how they were going to be the worst postseason team of all time. And everyone's already crowning them the national champions. We're going to get back to that uh, later in the show. And I mean later in the show. Like That's going to be, like a, that's going to be our closer uh, for today. We're going to get back on Duke. Uh, I tried to pump the brakes on the Duke hype train. And uh, that train had the brakes completely blown off last week. And now they're heading downhill uh, straight for a petting zoo. So it's just going to be a horrible... Terrible. I just did a whole segment last week, like a 20-minute segment about how to why you should pump the brakes on Duke, and now all everyone in everyone in the country is just picking them to win the national title. I don't blame them. I mean, it, they were so fun to watch. They just just I'm giving away all my Duke stuff. Well, let's let's save it. I'm giving away all my Duke segments uh, right now instead of later in the show. Let's save it for later. Uh, last week, uh, college football, some great games. The second college uh, football playoff rankings came out. Uh, this past Tuesday, we're going to get into that, definitely. This is the best time of the year to talk college football uh, right before the playoff. Even better than talking about the playoff games themselves is is uh, who's in. Uh, ESPN runs the ads every single year, who's in, who's out. Uh, that's when the best time, if you ever decide you want to make a podcast of your own, now would be the time to do it because the best time to talk about college football is right before because there's so much, uh, so much going on, uh, different arguments for different teams, who should get in, who should get left out. Uh, who shouldn't get left out, but will. Just so many different things, so we're going to talk about that. Uh, we had one of our uglier losses last week. I shouldn't say we. I, I had one of my uglier losses uh, last week as a host of the Crowd Noise podcast. Uh, Pick Penn State to beat Michigan. That did not go well for more than four minutes in that game. I mean, that didn't work out at all. You tried to pick an upset. You got to throw in an upset every now and then. Uh, even if you don't truly believe in, in the upset, you have to throw one in there. You can't go chalk when you're picking college uh, football, basketball, even baseball. We're not going to do college baseball uh, later in the year, but um, there are upsets in college baseball also. Any college sports, you have to throw an upset. So I tried to throw one in there. It didn't work. Um, and LSU finally uh, cooperated. They finally did what I said they were going to do or asked them to do. I'm, so LSU's back on my good side. Uh, they have now opened the door for a possibility of more LSU games being picked uh, in the future. Probably not this year because I feel like they're out of the race. Uh, but maybe, maybe next season we'll pick some LSU games. They are finally uh, back in my good graces. So with that, oh yeah, then we have, uh, of course, NFL tonight. Uh, Panthers, Steelers, uh, that game's going to be really fun. That's going to be a really fun game. Kind of a college-style game. Uh, lots of offense, lots of gadget plays, uh, studs all over the field. It's going to be a great game. I uh, can't wait for that. So we'll definitely talk some NFL a little bit later in the show. Uh, but right now, we're going to lead off, like last week, with college football. Like I said, it's the best time It's the best time of the year to be a college football fan. Uh, the pre-playoff games right, and uh, pre-conference championship is a lot. Uh, is really fun, too, because once you get into the conference championships, you kind of have a, have a better idea once there are conference champions um, obviously there's winners and losers, so you have a little bit better idea of who's going to get in and who will be left out. Uh, so it's a little bit more concrete. These are this, So this is the best few weeks 
uh, to talk college football because nobody knows anything. I mean, there could there are so many different variables. So that's why it's the best time of the year to talk college football. So let's go ahead and get right into it. Uh, finally, first game I have here for you this week, and these are the update. Well, let's get into the college football playoff rankings first, and then we'll do it. We'll pick our uh, we'll pick our three games. Uh, number one, no surprise. Or do you want me to go fifteen to one? Uh, what do you want me to do? Answer right now. I couldn't hear you. We're going to go 1 to 15. Uh, Alabama, number one. There's no surprise there. I mean, they, they're the best. They're the best in the country. There's no one touching them. Number two, uh, also no surprise, uh, Clemson. They're the second best. I said earlier in the year Notre Dame was the second best team in the country. Uh, they've been kind of stumbling. stumbling excuse me. They've been kind of stumbling. Uh, haven't really dominating uh, the teams or separating themselves. So, uh, yeah, I've kind of shifted on that. I'm not fully out on Notre Dame, but I'm not as high as I was on them earlier in the year. So Clemson's number two. And then there's Notre Dame number three. I can't argue with that. Uh, that's fine to put them there. You could put them at four, and I really wouldn't have too much of an argument with that either. Uh, number four is Michigan. Uh, they're probably the best defense. I, people are saying they're probably the best defense in the country. Mm, I don't know. I'd probably still say Alabama. Um, statistically, I think Michigan is the best defense in the country, but um, everyone says that until they play Alabama. Um, they just want to... I think I think it's a lot of people just trying to um, suppress Alabama, make them a little bit more. Uh, I guess make it more of a level playing field. I, I guess I should say um, by discounting Alabama's. Not, not not discounting. I don't feel like it's disrespectful to say Michigan's the best defense in the country. You could definitely make that argument, um, but I still feel Alabama's the best team, top to bottom. I mean, yeah. So I I take not offense, but I I do kind of raise an eyebrow when someone says it. Anybody's better at Al- than Alabama at anything. Uh, number five, first team out, Georgia. Number six, uh, Oklahoma. Then number seven, LSU. Number eight, Washington State. Number nine, West Virginia. Number 10, Ohio State. And I think that's about uh, the last team or the lowest ranked team that could still theoretically get in the playoff. We're going to talk about that real soon. Uh, number 11, Kentucky. Number 12, UCF. Number 13, Syracuse. 14 NC State and number 15 Florida. Obviously, those aren't uh, all the teams that are ranked. There's 25 teams that are ranked, but we're not going to get the rest after 15. Uh, the teams don't matter. I mean, they just nobody cares about those teams. Uh, they have absolutely no shot of making the playoff. I think the teams that are outside the top 10 have no shot of making the playoff. I think most of the teams in the top 10 have no shot of making the playoff. Uh, we're going to talk about that real soon. So our first game we're picking this week. Uh, number one, Alabama. Number 16, Michigan State. They were the first team left out of our uh, crowd noise uh, ranking recognitions, I guess. Uh, yeah, last week, Alabama, they just dominated. They rolled. Um, I was a little bit... The only reason I was hesitant to pick Alabama as emphatically as I did is because they were playing LSU. And on this show, it is well documented that LSU just does not cooperate with anything I say but they didn't have a choice this week because they played big, bad Bama. They had, I mean, they just, they had no shot. The game was just completely in control um, of Alabama. There was just no, no point in the game where it felt even close. I mean, even to start the game out when uh, Alabama had not even trouble to score, they just didn't score at the same rate as they normally do. It, it, it didn't even feel close, and uh, they ended up pulling away, winning that game, twenty-nine to nothing. So, what I thought the most interesting. Takeaway from that game um, is that LSU dropped to, let me see, number seven. And I think the reason that is shocking is because I'm surprised they didn't drop even more. 
I mean, they just got blown out at home. Granted, I get, I get it. It's the best team in the country by far, but you just got blown out, shut out at home, and you have the, you have two losses. They're only, they're the only team in the top ten uh, with two losses, and I think there isn't another two-loss team uh, in the top fifteen until you get to Syracuse or NC State and Florida. So LSU's at number seven, and the next two-loss team. I'm not sure about Syracuse. I'm not sure about Syracuse. Let me look that up really quick. But uh, for sure, Florida, Florida, NC State are back there. And uh, what was I looking up? Oh, LS or no? What was I looking up? I have my laptop right here, and I'm not even uh, using it properly. Okay, forgot what I was gonna look up there. I was looking up Syracuse record. Okay, yeah, let's check that. So LSU only drops to seven. Syracuse. Okay, yeah. So they were they're the only two lost team. Um, LSU is up until Syracuse at number 13 and LSU is at number 7. So what that told me is that the committee really has a lot of respect for Alabama. I mean, for them to get beaten down so bad and only to drop, uh, I think, three spots. I think LSU was four last week or three, even even still. three dropped For them to drop three or four spots after getting blown out at home, that tells you how much the committee respects Alabama. And that's, that's not a good sign if you are Notre Dame. It's not a good sign if you're Michigan or Ohio State. And the reason that is, is because if Alabama loses to Georgia, they won't. If Alabama loses to Georgia in the SEC championship game, they're getting in. Even with their last game of the season coming at a loss, they're still getting in because this is how much respect the committee has for Alabama. If you get blown out by them and it's your second loss of the season, you're only going to drop three spots and you're still in the top 10. You can make the argument LSU's still in the playoff hunt. Being at number seven, I mean, that tells me they're still in the hunt. They're not because they're not going to... Obviously, they won't get into the SEC championship game. Um, they're not getting into the playoff. But number seven, that's a pretty comfortable spot. I mean, I'm sure Ohio State would like to be there. Uh, Washington State, West Virginia. Uh, and I, so I believe even if Alabama loses, they're getting in. And the reason I said that's a problem for Michigan, Ohio State, and Notre Dame is because one of those guys are getting left out. Because in that scenario, should Alabama lose their last game of the season to Georgia. Georgia's getting in. They're, they're at number five. They're on, uh, on the outside looking in. They're at number five knocking on the door. So if they're an SEC champion and they beat the number one team in the country on a neutral field, how do you leave them out? So Georgia's getting in. Uh, Clemson would get in in that scenario. Maybe at number, at num, not maybe, they'd be number one. Uh, and then so the question is, where do you rank Georgia and Alabama? You'd have to put Georgia over Alabama just because they beat them. Uh, so you'd put Georgia maybe at number two, number three, um, then you put Alabama at number three or number four. So which team is getting left out uh, between Notre Dame, who will go undefeated? I don't see anyone beating them this year uh, or for the rest of the way. And uh, a one-loss Michigan slash Ohio State, uh, the winner of that game will likely win the Big Ten title and should get into the playoff. But in this scenario, what does it come down to? Do you break it down to uh, how does the committee uh, differentiate an undefeated team with no conference championship, uh, obviously Notre Dame, or a one-loss Big Ten champion. Who, I mean, who gets the short end of the stick there? So that's going to create a lot of madness. Should Alabama lose uh, in the conference championship? The good news is, is they're not going to. So we don't have to worry about any of this. I mean, I just like to, I like to scare people because it's a podcast. I need listeners. I need ratings. So I, just, I always imagine the worst-case scenario possible. And that's what I talk about because it gets, I mean, it's interesting. It really is. So, but that's not going to happen. I mean, Georgia, Alabama's not losing to anybody. They're not losing to Georgia. They just dismantled LSU on the road who beat Georgia earlier in the year. So you're telling me Georgia's going to beat Alabama? I mean, 
I don't see it happening. I really don't. There's there's just no one in the country who even comes close to Alabama. It's not it maybe Clemson, maybe Clemson, but I still wouldn't I wouldn't feel comfortable betting on Clemson over Alabama. And for the record, okay, while I have this on my mind, can we stop saying that anyone else is the Heisman Trophy winner other than Tua Tagovailoa? Just stop it. You sound stupid trying to argue anyone over t- I don't care there's there's no one in the country who you can convince me hasn't has even a shot of challenging Tua Tagovailoa for winning the Heisman Trophy. There's nobody, not Kyler Murray, and that's you that's the one, that's the main one I'm seeing a lot of people uh try to challenge Tua with you're you're just trying you're trying to overthink things. Just stop. You're trying to overthink things and you look dumb. You really don't look too intelligent when you try to argue the best player on the best team in the country should not win the Heisman Trophy. You just don't you don't look smart. So just stop it. Just please stop trying to tell me that Kyler Murray is a better Heisman candidate than Tua Togavailoa. Just stop. He threw his he just threw his first interception of the season and I think that was a good thing. I think you could make that an, an Argument for Tua Togabailoa because by throwing his first interception of the year, we have to bring up the point that he just threw his first interception of the year. So just stop. I mean, Tua Togabailoa, he's he's the best. Um, he's the best. He's the best player in the country, and he's on the best team in the country. That matters. I mean, playing for the best team uh, absolutely matters uh, in the Heisman race to me, and uh, I would say to Heisman voters as well. Uh, the last person to do it, and I, the only person to do it uh, in my mind, uh, is Lamar Jackson. Uh, playing for Louisville for um, a few years ago. So he's the last one to play on an irrelevant team and win the Heisman Trophy. And he's the only one in in my memory in recent history that has won it uh, playing for a team that just had no chance of even making the playoff and then going to the BCS. Uh, no chance of making a... Well, it wasn't a new, they weren't New Year's Six Bowls. But the, the, the top six bowls, the Fiesta, the Orange, the Rolls, the Sugar... Uh, the cotton wasn't, did I say the Fiesta already? Well, you know, the big bowl games, it was hard. It was impossible to see a player not getting into a BCS bowl game and win the Heisman trophy. So, uh, the same applies here. You have to play in a new Year's six bowl to even be qualified, uh, to give yourself an advantage. You have to be getting to the playoff and being the best player on one of those playoff teams that helps too. So Tua Togavailoa, he's got my Heisman vote, um, and that's about I don't vote for the high I'm not on the committee but if I were I'd vote for Tua Togovailoa second game this week um Ohio State Michigan State now this is another one oh did I even pick the last game uh Alabama I pick them every week uh they're gonna win all the time uh I don't think I need to put a score up there they're gonna win by a lot um that's how much that's how much I believe in Alabama I didn't even pick the last game I just said who was playing who and I assumed you would know who I'm picking I'm taking Alabama second game Ohio State Michigan State, uh, or number 10, Ohio State, number 18, Michigan State. Uh, that one's going to be in East Lansing. Uh, oh, yeah, I'm going to take Ohio State. My picks have just turned into the, the possibilities uh, or, or what kind of uh, uh, scenarios this has over the college football playoff. Um, it, oh, I'm going to take Ohio State to win. They're the better team. Uh, Michigan's respectable, but, I mean... I don't know. Ohio State—they're just better. They're—they're they're a much better team than Michigan State, even though they're on the road. They kind of struggle. They've been struggling a little bit uh, ever since that atrocious loss to Purdue. I can't believe that happened, but it, it happened. This is actually the second time it's happened because it happened last year. They got blown out by Iowa again on the road, um, and it happened again this year, which was shocking that it happened twice. Uh, Ohio State's playing Michigan State this week. As I said, I'm going to take Ohio State again. Now, this begs the question. This, the only reason I picked this game is because the buildup 
to the big game this year. I think that's the name of their rivalry also. Is it the big game? Okay, which one's the big game? Is that, that's not Stanford Cal, is it? It's one, of, I don't know, it's a rivalry. I don't know what the nickname of Ohio State Michigan is, but it's going to be a big game nonetheless, whether that's what you call it or not. Uh, that game is going to have determine a lot of different, uh, a lot of fates in the college football playoff because the winner of that game will ultimately go to the Big Ten championship game. And should they win that game, how do you leave them out of the playoff? Because either one, whether it's Michigan or Ohio State, will have a win over a top 10 team and they will boast a conference championship. How do you leave them out? Here's how. If, like I said before, Alabama were to lose their conference championship game, then you have another one-loss team. Uh, you have another one-loss team in the top five, top six being Alabama. Uh, you have another one-loss team in the mix being uh, most likely Georgia, who, is, who would jump into the top four. How do you leave Georgia out? They beat the best team in the last 15 years uh, on a neutral field, you have to put Georgia in the in the top four. Uh, and where do you where do you separate whether it's Ohio State or Michigan from Notre Dame? It would come down to just where you fall on the fence or which side of the fence you fall on. Are you an undefeated type of guy or gal? I don't know who's listening. Um, do you like an undefeated team, whether it's a really easy schedule but you ran the table, or do you reward uh, challenging uh, tougher schedules? Even though uh, Ohio State, their one loss came to an awful Purdue. I mean, no disrespect to Purdue, but they have, I mean, they, should, they don't even belong in the same field as Ohio State, and they blew them out, so that's not good for Ohio State. Michigan has a much better loss than Ohio State. They lost to Notre Dame, who currently right now is in the playoff if it started today, uh, being number three or one spot ahead of them. Um, so where would you, how would you reward that? And if you're the committee, do you put Michigan over Notre Dame? If it's for that one last spot, do you put, let's just say Michigan beats Ohio State and they win the Big Ten title. Do you put Michigan in over Notre Dame, even though Notre Dame beat Michigan week one of the season? I know Michigan's way better than uh, now than what they were uh, way back in week one. But do you put them in over Notre Dame despite Notre Dame being that one loss? I mean, it would, it would uh, cause a lot of arguments. One team would definitely get shafted in that scenario. Um, my gut is telling me that that Notre Dame is probably going to be that team left out. And there's one every year. There's one to two every single year in the college football playoff. There's at least one to two teams that, I mean, you're just, you're pulling your hair out. How did they not get in? And you put these guys in there. And, I mean, that's just the way it works. A few years ago, it was Ohio State, uh, number four. They had no, everyone was just up in arms. Why is Ohio State in the playoff? They ended up winning the national title. That was the Ezekiel Elliott year. Uh, So, I mean, the committee, for the most part, has gotten it right. I mean, they've never put anyone in there that I thought was egregious. Like, what are they doing? And then really just laid an egg uh, in the playoff. Well, maybe they did Ohio State 31 and nothing against Clemson. But um, other than that, they really haven't made any glaring mistakes. Come playoff time, they more often than not, they get it right. So I'm going to leave it in the hands of the committee. In my eyes, in that scenario, I, you'd have to put in the Big Ten champion, even if it was Ohio State or Michigan, I would put either of those teams in over Notre Dame. Because Notre Dame, like I said, they've been stumbling. They haven't been as dominant lately. And they do not have anywhere near the resume as any of those top five to six teams. I mean, you look at the rest of the schedule. Alabama still has um, Auburn, who's going to be a top 25 team. They play uh, Michigan State, who's a top 20, um, excuse me, Mississippi State, who's a top 25 team uh, this week. They're going to be playing Georgia, who's a top five team in the conference champion. So they have a bunch of resume wins on the way. Clemson. 
uh, not so much. They don't have a great resume, but they've been dominating their opponents, so that uh, that's how you get in the playoff. Uh, Michigan's got Ohio State, like I said earlier, or I've been talking about for the past 20 minutes. Uh, Georgia's going to get Alabama. Oklahoma's going to get... Uh, well, I don't see any of those guys. I actually think Ohio State, ironically, has a better opportunity to get in the playoff than most of the teams ahead of them. Uh, number nine, West Virginia. I don't see them getting into the, squeaking into the playoff over Georgia, Notre Dame, uh, Michigan. That's not going to happen. They're not going to beat Oklahoma, so West Virginia's out. Uh, Washington State, come on. They're not going to gonna put Washington State in the top four. No. Uh, LSU, uh, they're number seven, like I said earlier, which is weird because it, you would think that they're still alive, but having two losses and not going to have an opportunity to play in the conference championship, they're not getting in. Uh, Oklahoma, they... Mm, I guess they have a chance, but ultimately, again, it goes back to resumes. Are you going to put them in over Michigan? Are you going to put them in over Ohio State or Georgia? So no, um, Georgia's definitely, and I think there's only about three teams left that really control their destiny. And that is uh, Michigan, Georgia, and Ohio State. Even Notre Dame being at, number, being at number three, I don't think they control their own destiny. I think they need a lot of, they need some help. Not a lot. They're already in there, obviously. They're in the top four, but they're going to need some help to stick around because they're not going to have the resume wins. They play Syracuse next week in Yankee Stadium, but I mean, come on. Is that, again, is Syracuse on the same level as Ohio State or Michigan? I mean, no, absolutely not. So I don't think, I think Notre Dame's going to need some help along the way to stick around. Alabama and Clemson, they've already punched their ticket. I mean, like I said earlier, I think that's why if Georgia were to beat Alabama, you'd create just so much craziness. Because Alabama's getting in no matter what. Even if their last game of the year is a loss, they're going to get in there. So um, Georgia obviously controls its own destiny should they beat Alabama. They're not going to, but they still have that opportunity. I mean, I'm, they're in a better spot right now than, than Oklahoma or, or West Virginia, in my opinion. So, yeah, there's all that and all that craziness. Did you, can you keep up? I mean, I uh, sidetracked myself. Last game of the week. Uh, last game we had, we're picking here. Oh, another SEC uh, game. Number twenty-four Auburn at number five Georgia. As if you haven't heard the word Georgia and the name Alabama enough, we have a whole brand new segment. I'm going to take the dogs this week. Um, Auburn's not as uh, they're not that good. They're not really that good. Uh, Auburn this year. Uh, who knows? They could play spoilers. I mean, the, the Auburn is another wild card. Alabama's going to have to play them. I don't know if you can hear that. It's my knuckles popping. Uh, Auburn's going to have to play Alabama. Uh, this year and who knows in those rivalry games those crosstown rivalries anything can happen I mean it's college football I've said it earlier in the show literally anything can happen for Alabama could lose I mean they could lose to Auburn and then they could lose to Georgia and at that point they would be left out because they'd be a two-loss non-conference champion I mean it could happen it won't but it could happen I mean ultimately I I mean I don't know I consider myself a psychic but I haven't been registered as an actual psychic, so I can't really give you a... Uh, I can give you like 95% assurance. Not 100, but 95 is still pretty good. Alabama's going to win the rest of the games from here on out. I'll take Georgia this week um, against Auburn. And they have to keep winning, like I said. They control their own destiny. They're in a really good spot being at number five. But they're in a lot of trouble because to get into the playoff, you have to beat Alabama. If they were undefeated and they lost to Alabama, they'd probably have a, a, a fair shot of getting in um, and they'd still be in a lot of trouble because that last game of the year would be a loss. And it's always about what what's the last thing you leave the committee with? What's the last impression they have of you? So that's why it's never a good thing to lose uh, late in the season. Uh, even if they were undefeated, they probably wouldn't get in. They'd have a shot, but they would, probably wouldn't. 
uh, and they're not going to beat out. They're just not going to beat Alabama. I'll take Georgia this week. Um, DeAndre Swift. I have to say a name. The, somebody who plays for the uh, Georgia. I can't just pick Georgia and then not give any analysis. Georgia DeAndre Swift hashtag analysis. Uh, they also have Jake Fromm. So there's two names for you. I'm working twice as hard. Uh, so that's all my college this week. I'm not going to go in depth any further. I already broke down the whole Big Ten and the whole SEC. Uh, that's my fault. I shouldn't have picked two SEC games, knowing I would have gone. I would have fully divulged myself in going full SEC. You never go full SEC. Never do that. And I just did that today. I broke my own rule. So that's all our college this week. It's just so many different possibilities. Um, I don't see. I don't see the committee leaving out. Even if Alabama were to lose, I don't see the committee leaving them out. I really can you make an argument for me that Alabama is not one of the four best teams in the country? I mean, you just can't. I mean, there's there's no way. What are you gonna put Alabama in the Cotton Bowl and and not have them in the playoff? Like even if they're number three or number four, you'd still if they went into the playoff coming off of a loss and they were number three or number four, nine out of ten people would still pick Alabama to win the whole thing. That's how good they are. So I don't see Alabama getting, Alabama getting left out. Clemson will not get left out unless they lose. If Clemson were to lose now, that would really cause a lot of madness because, like I said, their resume, or their, not their resume, the rest of their schedule is not much tougher than Notre Dame's. So if they were to lose as dominant as they've been, that would re- I think they'd be out. I think they would pretty much be out of the race. Um, that'd be good for Ohio State because you're freeing up a spot uh, for them, and then Georgia would ultimately lose. So Ohio State would probably sneak in there. Uh, Ohio State has some ground to cover, um, being at number ten. But I would I like their chances. I think they have a better opportunity, a better chance to make the playoff than say Oklahoma at number six, who's one of the first teams out or the first two teams out. I would, if I had to bet, I would say Ohio State had a better chance of making the playoff than Oklahoma. Uh, definitely LSU or Washington State. There's no one. In the, I, this is why the rankings are kind of baloney because there's some teams that you, you kind of put them up there or not you. I know you don't work for the committee and people who are in the committee kind of. Put them in the top 10, kind of, they feel kind of guilty. Like, yeah, they're a good team. They have a good record. Just put them in the top 10. They had no, they have no chance of making the playoff. Poor Washington State, at the rate that they're going, they're going to have to play the loser of the Big Ten uh, in the Rose Bowl, beating either Michigan or Ohio State. Washington State would get pummeled by either of those teams uh, in the Rose Bowl. So, I mean, it's just not fair for teams like that. I think that's why they're protecting UCF. Keeping them at number 12, the committee's uh, doing them some favors, keeping them out of the playoff discussion. Because, again, are we going to say that UCF is one of the four best teams in the country? Absolutely not. And this is what I like about the playoff committee. They, they've, like I said earlier, they've done a good job. They've gotten it right. Every year they've put the four best teams in the country in the playoff, and that's what the playoff is about. It's not who deserves. It's not who has the best record. It's who are the four best teams in the country. And so far they've gotten it right. Uh, Alabama and Clemson are definitely one and two of the best teams in the country. Uh, after that, you could say Michigan and Ohio State are the four best teams in the country. Obviously, they won't all get in uh, in that scenario. You'd have uh, probably Notre Dame getting in. Just different scenarios. There's so many. I'm not going to get back into it. I've spent a whole half hour on just college football. That's how crazy it is. I mean, college football, anything can happen. Let's move to NFL football where not anything can happen. I mean... Cleveland's never going to win a Super Bowl, so there's that. I mean, you can't, in college football, you can't say that Washington State will never win a national title. I mean, it could happen. I don't think it will, but it, I mean, it could. If you tell me the Cleveland Browns are going to win the Super Bowl, that's never going to happen. That is a fact. It's never going to happen. So, I mean, I guess that's why college football is more exciting than the NFL. So, with that, on that, I, I just ruined the whole NFL segment. I've just uh, dampened all of your excitement. 
Uh, we're doing NFL now. Tonight's game, Thursday night, uh, Pitt, I almost said the Pittsburgh Panthers. The <laughs> Pittsburgh Steelers uh, at home against the Carolina Panthers. Um, that one's a Thursday night game. Finally, it's one of the better Thursday night games this year. It's one of the better overall regular season games this all season long. This is going to be a really fun game. Like I said, well, I guess I can I can save this segment yet. This is like I said earlier. This is going to be like a college game. There's going to be a lot of scoring in this game. Uh, Steelers and the Panthers, two of the better offensive teams uh, in the I almost said in the nation in the league. It's not that much like college football. There are two of the better offensive teams. Uh, Norv Turner's kind of revitalized. I don't know about revitalized, but he's he's uh he's made Cam Newton into the headache that he's supposed to be. Not the headache of off the field nonsense, but the headache of how do we stop this guy? So Cam Newton, no matter how you look at him, he's gonna be a massive headache for you. If you're a defensive coordinator, he's gonna be a headache. And if you're a, a PR person for the Carolina Panthers, he's gonna be a major headache for you too. Uh but North Turner has turned him into the uh the headache of good, a good headache, if there even even is one. Where am I going with this? So, Carolina and uh, Pittsburgh. Let's talk about some football, Stephen. Um, the Steelers have been, I mean, they started off awful. Remember everyone, Le'Veon Bell, they were writing them off. Uh, and I was part of them. I mean, I'm, not, I'm saying everyone. I was part of that, uh, making fun of the Steelers. But they really turned it around. They figured out how to play defense. Now, they're not the Steel Curtain. They're nowhere near the Steel Curtain. They're not even as good as Troy Palomalu back in the day. But they figured out how to get stops. No longer does Ben Roethlisberger have to score 50 points to beat Blake Bortles. Um, Pittsburgh gets enough stops to get the job done. Uh, Carolina obviously has a good uh, defense also. But I'm gonna, I'll am gonna i give the Steelers a slight advantage just because they're at home. These teams are really evenly matched. They're almost the same team, uh, Pittsburgh and Carolina. They're almost the same kind of style of team. They like to score a lot of points. Um, Cam Newton, Ben Roethlisberger, obviously very similar. Cam's more athletic, but they're both big body quarterbacks. They take a lot of beatings. They can move outside the pocket. Uh, Cam, obviously more so than Ben Roethlisberger, but they're very similar teams. Um, but I'll give it to the Steelers one, because they're at, they're at home that, and in Heinz field, that's a big advantage. And two, because they have more star power right now. They have, uh, the Panthers have, uh, Cam Newton and Christian McCaffrey, obviously, but they don't have the, um, Outside threats that the Steelers have. I mean, good God, they have Antonio Brown, Juju Smith-Schuster, and James Conner, who I said last week, you could make the argument he, sh- he could be a candidate for the MVP this year. Is, he won't. I mean, Patrick Mahomes is the MVP, but he should definitely be a candidate. I think that's an award uh, in and of itself for James Conner because he's more than replaced the gap that Le'Veon Bell uh, left for the Steelers. He's, he's been fantastic. He's the reason why Le'Veon Bell is probably not even going to play this year. I mean, James Conner has been that good. So you can make an argument that he could be a finalist uh, for the MVP behind Todd Gurley and Patrick Mahomes. He, he shouldn't win it though. That'd be, that'd be crazy if he won it, but I'd like to see him there at the NFL honors in the front row. Like they do, like they do with the Heisman. They have like three guys up there and you know, only one of them's going to win. Um, his name's Tua Tagovailoa, but they, they show all the guys on the camera and they're all just hoping they have their fingers crossed and they're holding hands. And the one guy's just there like, you guys aren't going to win. You're, you're not going to win it. I'm going to win it. So uh, that's what Patrick Mahomes is going to be like this year. This is a weird show. I'm getting off track a lot. Um, I'll take the Steelers this week in a shootout. I mean, man, I look at my score I have here. 38-35, I'll take the Steelers um, at home. Not too many stops uh, going on there, are there, Steven? So... They'll get one. I mean, the Steelers will get one key stop. Maybe it won't be in the fourth quarter. It might be in the second quarter, and we might look back at that like that. That really changes the momentum of the game. 
the Steelers will find a way to pull this one out at home. It's also one of the harder, the hardest place to kick field goals in the NFL. I have them as a field goal difference here. Go figure. Second game I have, this was a Sunday game. Uh, let me see what I have here. Patriots and Titans. Oh, God. Uh, this is going to be a boring one. But I picked it for a reason. The Patriots and Titans are one of the most boring matchups on paper this week. Um, the Titans are suddenly kind of making a race at the AFC South. That division is just awful. Anyone could w- win that division. I said that at the beginning of the year. Uh, I picked the Texans to get to the Super Bowl. Um, I don't know how good of a pick that was. But they're winning their division handily. Uh, they're not completely um, running away with it yet. The Titans uh, are close behind. Uh, they won't catch them. The Titans are that exciting. They're not that good. But I will tell you this much. The Titans have given up the least amount of touchdowns in the entire NFL this year. There's a nugget for you uh, there. They have, yeah, they've given up the least amount of touchdowns uh, in the league. I don't think that'll matter this week because they're playing Tom Brady. Remember week one um, when everyone was saying that I was a clown and that I was a hater because I said the Patriots were going to go one and two? And everyone was like, well, how did this guy get a podcast? Like, like, wh- how, how did he get a podcast? And he said, the Patriots are going to go one and two. Like, I want, I deserve a podcast. And then I also said, and then they did. They went one and two. Like, that happened. What I said was going to happen. And then I said they were going to win six or seven in a row. And then people said I was trying to make up for my, for my dumb picks. Uh, and then they did. They've, they've won six straight. And then remember when I picked them to beat the Titans 20, 31 to 21 on Sunday? And then they're going to. I can't say they did yet because it hasn't happened. But I'm taking the Patriots this week. Uh, it's one of my my more my prouder picks. Um, one of my season long picks. I said they were going to start one and two. It caught a lot of heat from people. Kind of uh, those those crooked smiles. You ever say something and you, you notice people they give you kind of like a halfway smile, like like their look says, "Is this is this guy crazy? Like did I hear him right or is he is he not speaking English?" I got a lot of those when I said the Patriots are going to go one and two, and they did. And then. They've won. They've run off six straight. Make it seven straight. They're going to win this week. Um, yeah, so I'm really proud of that. That's right. That's why I picked the. I picked the Patriots game this week so I could gloat to you. So I could just. I don't even know who I'm speaking to currently at the moment. You could be anyone. I mean, right now in me person, I'm speaking to nobody. I'm in a room. I'm in a dark. It's dark in here. I'm not talking to anyone. But you, the listener, I, I chose this game so I could. I could gloat to you. I mean, there's absolutely no reward. For me, I mean, I could have said I could have said the Cleveland Browns are going to win the Super Bowl um, earlier, and there would be no punishment for me being wrong. But I choose to reward myself. So, third game. This is a really, really weird episode. Uh, number three, Seahawks at Rams. That one's going to be in the Coliseum. Uh, the Rams obviously last week lost to the Saints, and now all of a sudden the Saints are. I mean, excuse me. Now all of a sudden the Rams are terrible. They, they're a horrible football team. Now they're just no good because the Saints they lost to. A great team in one of the best home field advantages in the NFL. Now, now the Rams are terrible. They're horrible. The Rams are. I, so many people are down on the Rams. Uh, I'm picking them to win this week. Uh, the Seahawks got off to a horrible, horrible start uh, to the season. They've turned it around. They're pretty respectable. Uh, they're three games back of the Rams, which, uh, as dominant as the Rams have been, the three games is not that big of a lead. But as dominant as, as the Rams have been, if they were to cough up this lead. That would be a meltdown. It's not going to happen, but we got to talk about it because it it could happen again. Um, like a, this, this is a weird episode. Like I said earlier, it's not going to happen, but it could happen. So we got to discuss it. Uh, the Rams they left a lot of opportunities on the table last week. There was uh, the blown coverage that turned into Michael Thomas turning into Jeff Horn, and then there was the Jared Goff uh, interception that turned into points for Drew Brees. You don't give that guy any more opportunities on offense. So they've had some mistakes, and they still could have won that game. 
they didn't. Yeah, the Saints are a great team, man. They're fantastic. Uh, and the Rams still almost won that game. So I think I do agree. I was trying to look up who, who made the quote. I was going to make that my quote of the week. I couldn't find it. But someone on the Rams, the defense said uh, that all the pressure's off of them now. Um, they have the undefeated tag lifted off their shoulders. And I agree with it. I think a lot of that, you get a lot of the media exposure. Will they go 16-0? and Will they go 19-0? and They're the undefeated team. I think a lot of that does add pressure. And now it's gone. So they can just play football now. Um, I'm going to take the Rams this week by two touchdowns, 28 to 14 over the Seahawks. So that's all. That's it for our NFL football this week. That was a pretty uh, weird segment. I'm not going to lie. That's my. That's on me, guys. I'm. I'm kind of having a. Uh, yeah, this is a weird episode. So uh, we're moving to college basketball, which last week I went two for two. I went. I said I picked the Kansas Jayhawks to win, and I picked. Uh, Duke to win and they went two for two a small feat but a feat nonetheless again I like to gloat I like to gloat these these picks that have absolutely no meaning whatsoever I mean there's no reward for me picking any of these games right but I like to I like to reward myself like I said I went two for two a small feat but a feat nonetheless and I tried also last week you may recall I almost gave away my whole Duke segment to start the show here's the Duke segment I tried pumping the brakes last week on the Duke hype train, and that turned into a runaway train heading down Mount Everest. I mean, it, it, oh my God. I mean, they're exciting, and I, I understand where people are coming from. They're so much fun to watch. They, they can shoot. I mean, this is, again, I can't even, I don't even think this is a good scouting report. It's one game. But th- what they did against Kentucky, they were able to shoot. They ran up and down the floor. They played defense. They passed the ball. They scored. Uh, at the rim, they've made free. Th- I mean, they did it all. They did it, and they just dismantled it. Kentucky was the they were the second best team in the country, and they didn't even belong on the same floor as Duke. They won it by thirty four points, and it was over. I mean, they look like they look like the Harlem Globetrotters uh, did Duke. And the reason I say that is because they were fun to watch. Number one, I mean, I couldn't keep my eyes uh, off the screen. Every uh, Zion, he, Zion Williamson, he got one fast break dunk. Uh, he's bound to get a lot more, but. You can just sense the room kind of tense up when uh, it was Jack White, who's, ironically, Jack White is my favorite player on this Duke team. Not Zion, not uh, Cam Reddish, RJ Barrett. Jack White, he's number 41. He comes off the bench. I think he scored six points in that game. He's my favorite player on the whole team. He hustles. I think he, uh, he made a few nice um, saves. The ball's going out of bounds. He got the ball and threw it back in. I love those hustle plays. He got some big boy rebounds. Jack White is my favorite player on that Duke team. And... Uh, this highlight that I was going to discuss, he forced a steal in transition. He's the one who assisted Zion Williamson uh, on that dunk. So Jack White, if you're listening, you're not. If you're listening, you are my favorite player on that Duke team. Please send me some free sneakers. So with that, you could sense in the room, you could sense in the gym, everyone was just, I mean, kind of tensing up. See, what is Zion going to do? They're just so much fun to watch. So that's the first reason, reason why they're like the Harlem Globetrotters. They're just so much fun to watch. And number two, you knew they were going to win when you, as soon as you changed the channel, you put it on ESPN, or when you bought your ticket and you walked into the gym, you knew Duke was going to win 100%, similar to the Harlem Globetrotters. Nothing was going to stop them from winning that game. And with that, the next day, I mean, 98% of Twitter was Duke as the national champions of the greatest basketball team ever assembled. Uh, one guy was the Fab Five reincarnated, and that guy, I'm not going to name any names, but you know who you are. I couldn't name the starting lineup of the Fab Five other than Chris Rose and Chris Weber or Jalen Rose and Chris Weber. Uh, I can't even name the Fab Five apparently, but we need to pump the brakes. Uh, like I said last week, they're not a veteran team. Obviously, 
all kinds of monster freshmen. They just dismantled Kentucky. But number one, like I said, the reason I said they were going to win last week is there's no tape on them, number one. They've never played with each other, so you had no idea what you were going to get out of Duke. Uh, you assumed they were going to play man because that Duke, that's what Duke's known for, but last year they shifted to that, uh, that Syracuse zone defense, and, it was, and that's what kind of propelled them in their tournament run. So you didn't know if that's what they were going to use this year or if they were going to go back to man. They went back to man, and uh, they caused a lot of problems for uh, Kentucky. So there was no film yet. You didn't even know what defense they were going to run. You assumed it was going to be man, but you didn't know for sure. Uh, you didn't know who was going to be the leading scorer on offense. Spoiler alert, it was all of them. I think uh, Duke's freshmen combined scored more points than Kentucky's entire starting lineup. Or is it their whole team? Uh, I should fact check. As, as a host of a podcast, I should probably do some more fact checking. But long story short, they scored a lot of points, Duke did. Hashtag analysis. They scored a lot of points, and the, the hype train was, I mean, it, just, it was runaway the next day. And here I am again, pleading with people to pump the brakes and do not crown them as the immediate champions of college basketball. And again, I give you the same reasons because they're freshmen. Freshman teams just don't, they win games, but they don't win titles. They don't get to the Final Four in March. Duke is not getting into the Final Four. I promise you. I don't know how many people I saw their Final Four was just Duke, Carolina, um, uh, Kentucky, and Kansas. Like, first of all, that's not going to happen. You're, you're basically picking four one seeds to get into the tournament. And I think in tournament history, I don't think that's ever happened. I don't think four one seeds have all made the Final Four. Maybe it happened one time. Uh, again, I should probably start fact-checking next week. But it's ne- if, if it has happened, it's only happened once, I think. I'm more positive that it's never happened in the history of the tournament. Never before have there been four one seeds all make the final four. And that's basically what those teams are going to be. Duke, Carolina, uh, what did I say? Kentucky and Kansas. Yeah, all those teams are probably going to get one seeds by the time March comes around. That's not going to happen, number one. Number two, like I said, Duke is just, they're not going to make the final four. I personally always invest myself into, when I'm making my brackets, um, always make, I always uh, go after the veteran team to play a lot of defense, have a great coach. Duke is not, I mean, obviously they have a great coach. I'm not saying uh, that's not the point I'm trying to make. The point I'm trying to make is that they're not veterans, they're freshmen, and it's just not going to work out for them. I don't see them, I would be surprised, I wouldn't be shocked, I would be surprised if they won the ACC. There are other two veteran teams uh, in the ACC, being Virginia, who's out, um, they're hungry after getting embarrassed by UMBC last year, and then Carolina, who's got Luke May, and they're, again, great coaches, great defenses who, with, uh, excuse me, teams who play defenses, who play defense with great coaches, that being Virginia, they were, I mean, they suffocated teams last year, and then uh, Carolina this year with uh, Roy Williams. Uh, there is one team, there is one team in the ACC, who I, preseason, I think, I feel pretty confident about making the Final Four. Their colors are orange and blue, and they play good defense. Um, they're not Virginia, even though I just mentioned Virginia, and they have the same qualities I just mentioned. It's Syracuse. If there's any one team in the ACC who I feel most confident about making the, AC, the Final Four, it's Syracuse. Not Duke. Um, despite what everyone on Twitter uh, is telling me, despite what everyone in the world is telling me, uh, I'm not going to pick Duke. I loved, I'm not a Duke hater either because a lot of people are just thinking I'm a hater and I'm jealous. Um, I'm a little bit jealous. I wish I could jump that high. I wish I was Zion Williamson, but I'm not. Zion Williamson should be jealous of me. I got this cool podcast that I do every Thursday. It's called Crowd Noise. You should listen to it if you aren't doing that uh, currently, which you are. Otherwise, you wouldn't be able to 
hear what I'm telling you right now. That's not the point. The point is, when you have shows like this and you're a sports broadcaster like myself, <laughs> uh, you every now and then you have to make you have to make a take. You have to make out what you call a hot take, and it may blow up in your face. And then freezing cold takes on Twitter is going to put you on blast. But even if you believe in something, if you have if you have an opinion or if you have something that you truly believe in, and everyone in the world is telling you that you're wrong, if you believe in what you're saying, you have to look the entire world in the eye and tell them you're wrong. And that's exactly what I'm doing right now. This might blow up in my face. I might look like an idiot come March because um, I've been just, just slowing down the Duke hype train. They're not making the Final Four. They're not winning the ACC. They're not going to win a national championship. I mean, they're not going to be tested again. Let's see. Uh, they play their next really uh, powerhouse school. Uh, they play in the Maui Invitational, which uh, they could possibly meet up with Gonzaga or Gonzaga. Uh, in the championship of that game, and then later on Virginia and uh, Carolina in the ACC. But I really, really am going. I'm going to stand by this fully. I'm going to watch them all year. These are so much fun. We're going to be talking about them every single week. There's going to be a Duke story uh, on this show. I can promise you that. But I'm not going to pick them to win the Final Four. Everyone in the world is going to look at me like I'm an idiot. Well, guess what? Everyone in the world looked at me like an idiot when I said the Patriots are going to go one and two and then win seven straight. And here we are. That brings us to the quote of the week. Uh, quote, this is one of the best locker rooms I have ever been a part of. Drew Brees, after the Saints uh, signed free agent Des Bryant. Uh, okay, from a football standpoint, it's, I mean, how could this not work? You're talking about one of the greatest offensive coaches ever, maybe one of the top two or three offensive coaches in the league right now. And yeah, one of the greatest offensive coaches of all time. I'm not going to put him over Bill Walsh or anything like that, but Sean Payton is a, I mean, fantastic offensive mind. You're putting him with one of the greatest pure passers of the football of all time in Drew Brees. How does this not work out? On the football field, I mean, how does this not work out? You're a winning team, so Des Bryant should be focused. He should be motivated. Uh, I would think he knows he's not the number one, but nobody knows what Des Bryant thinks. I don't think Des Bryant knows what Des Bryant is thinking. Uh, but he's not going to be the number one there. But there is, there's a reason why I picked this specific quote. Uh, this is one of the best locker rooms I've ever been a part of, quote Drew Brees. There's a reason why I picked that. Because Des Bryant has notoriously been one of the biggest locker room distractions in the NFL uh, throughout his career. He's a loudmouth. He's not um, what I would call a, a great, uh, humble teammate. Even Jimmy Butler calls screams in the faces of his teammates. And he gave uh, Tyus Jones a, a private jet to go see his brother uh, Trey Jones, plays for Duke, uh, play against Kentucky. So Jimmy Butler, if, if you're not a better teammate than Jimmy Butler, you have to take a look in the mirror because you have some problems. And this is why I have a problem with Des Bryant on the Saints. Not from a football, of course, Des Bryant with Drew Brees and Sean Payton, how does that not work? I'm not going to dispute that. My thing is, is he going to be a distraction? Is he going to destroy that locker room? Because in football, more so than maybe any other sport, Chemistry is a huge factor. I mean, even in basketball, like I said, Jimmy Butler, uh, most recently, uh, the Timberwolves, well, they're not losing, they're not winning games, so maybe that's a bad example. But the most famous example of bad chemistry uh, that didn't affect the team is Shaq and Kobe. They won three straight titles. They went to four straight, and we all know how that ended up. So maybe more so in football does chemistry matter than any other sport. And that's my biggest cause of concern is will Des Bryant go full Des Bryant and derail this great team from getting to the Super Bowl and possibly winning it? I don't know. 
Only time will tell. Uh, I don't expect this to implode on the football field. Like, I don't expect him to look slow and, uh, and drop passes. Um, when you play with Drew Brees, I mean, you can put anyone next to Drew Brees and he's going to be uh, one of the best receivers in the league. But will this destroy the locker room? Um, I don't know. I guess that's my job to say yes or no. Uh, I would say from what history has shown us, I would say yes. It were only one uh, Des Bryant game-winning touchdown away from the whole, all the media in the locker room putting a microphone in his face and just, I mean, fireworks. Who knows what's going to happen then? So uh, history has shown us that, yes, Des Bryant is going to get in the way of himself uh, and possibly in the way of the Saints. But I don't think Sean Payton would have brought him along if he didn't think he could uh, contain Des Bryant. We shall see. That brings us to the end of this week's uh, episode. It was a really weird one. If you stuck around uh, to the end, uh, thank you. Uh, yeah, it was, it was a really weird one. I got off track a little bit this week. Uh, you can listen on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and Anchor Podcasts. Please uh, subscribe on Apple Podcasts. Now I just sound like a YouTuber. Please subscribe on Apple Podcasts. Uh, leave a review. Share with your friends. I'd really mean a lot to me. I'm not sure 100% sold on if I should do a Thanksgiving episode uh, it didn't, it didn't uh, come to my attention until I realized I do the show every Thursday and Thanksgiving, obviously, I don't have to explain that. So I didn't know if I was going to do a Thanksgiving episode or not. It would have to be early Thursday morning uh, because obviously the games are starting and the Macy's Day Parade. Yeah, I watched the Macy's Parade. I, I have no shame in admitting that. I watched the Thanksgiving Parade. I don't care. Uh, it would have to be really early, if not Wednesday night. Um, I don't think you guys need to know that. Just let me know. I'm still on the fence about doing a Thursday uh, Thanksgiving special. I probably will. I think I will. I think I'll do a Thanksgiving special. Uh, So, yeah, look forward to that. Um, Talk to you guys next week. It's a Crowd Noise podcast.